You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk, quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast, Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard and Neil Wright for this one. Now obviously this is our Grimsby episode, now like we normally do, we leave it a couple of days before we go and do a bit of a review of the game, just to sit on it, think about what we actually think about the game. This one's gone a little bit longer than we had intended to, but we will chat about it in this one. But we do have a couple of bits to chat about first, uh, and it's actually some pretty good news actually. Um, following on from Beast in the other week, we've got another player with a contract extension, so Marley signed a new one to 2023, so obviously that's a bit longer than Beast in as well. Uh, and and like like Beeson, I think this is everything that we said about that. It, it's the same for O'Malley. I think it's great that the club's done it early. Uh, I think if you look at his statement as well afterwards, he says he can just focus on the football now. So that's great. And he's another one, isn't he? That he's he's performed so well since he's come into the squad. He looks like he could take that, you know, the left back spot as as the number one left back. Really, you know, obviously we've got Junior Brown, but he's more than adequate. And I think like Beeston, really great that we've got this done early and a really valuable player to have signed up. Hey, look, this is exactly what we want to see coming out of Bradford Park. You know, he, he made that bold statement last season. We're going to go with with youth next year. All right, we're all a bit nervous and a bit kind of on tender hooks, lack of experience. But you know, we were all up for it when he signed Beeston, and now he's got O'Malley. This is just what we want to see coming out of Bradford Park. He's making an absolute statement here. Yeah, I think I think he's um, more than deserved it. I think he's been really good yeah. since he came in. Um, I think he's he's one that I think we mentioned it before the Grimsby game that there's going to be clubs looking at him. Um, he's obviously only a young lad, but he's he's been at Huddersfield, so you know he's he's been at a decent club or good a good club um, in his youth days. So um, yeah, I think it's it's really important we we tie down these players, and it's a bit of a shift from what we've seen in the past, um, which is good. I think it's it's definitely what we needed. Um, and I've spoke to uh, Peter Swan over the last couple of days on, on a couple of issues. We're obviously trying to get him on the podcast um, in the next few weeks. And he was just saying that he was really pleased that he'd been able to tie them down. And it's part of the long-term strategy, which is it's nice to hear because I think at times we've maybe taken our eye off, off the ball long-term um, in, in recent years. And we've kind of done things for the kind of the here and now and, and kind of the short term. So it's good that we're kind of putting these... Um, contracts in place and the long contracts as well you know that we're rewarding the players with um, with a decent contract and, and not just kind of one year with with options it's it's lengthy contracts and it, it gives the club a lot of protection as well because obviously we know at the end of this season we've got a hell of a lot of players out of contract um, and hopefully you know those two aren't the last but I would I would probably argue that those two are the most deserving so far from what we've seen um, to get beast in and and O'Malley signed up is, is really positive. So, you know, fair play to the club for doing it. And I think, yeah, both players really deserve it. You know, normally before this time of the season, we're not talking about contracts, nothing sorted yet. Let's get the season over then. Let's look at a contract. Now he's absolutely saying, right, I'm committing to you. I'm committing to you. So in return, all I need is for you now to commit to me, this club, these fans, and show us what you made of. I like what you mentioned about the, the long-term plan there, because... Uh, you know, we, as Neil said before, we were told last summer that you know we're going to go down the youth route, and obviously that is what we have done. But it, it's it was a case of we we just sort of bringing players in, weren't we? You know, and they've not necessarily been at the level that we need. I'm sure we'll come on to that when we talk about the Grimsby game. But these two really have stepped up, and I think if this is the starting point, really, you know, these two are tied down. This is the way we're going to go in the future, in the next couple of years. If we have players at this level, that's that's genuinely quite exciting. I think. Oh, absolutely. This is what we need. You know, we've been, you know, if we could erase the last two, three seasons, I would do it at the drop of a hat. But now, moving forward, I don't know, I'm getting slightly excited about what's coming out of the football club. 
from a commitment point of view, not from a footballing point of view, from a commitment point of view to players who we see have got bags of talent. And we're wanting to make sure that they're our players and they're going to stay at our football club. And then you mentioned there, Matt, that you were, you know, you've been chatting to Peter Swan about various things. I think we'll we'll just mention Paul Hurst actually there, shall we? Because you've got a comment about that. Obviously, obviously no longer with us now. Um, but he's linked, isn't he, with various clubs. I think Bradford is the favourite at the minute. And obviously we've seen what's going on at Grimsby the last couple of days with Holloway going. Mm. I think his name will be put on the list there. Um, but yeah, you had you had something on him as well that you wanted to mention, didn't you? Yeah, it was just clarification, really. There was, I think there was an article that was published in, I don't think it was the Bradford um, newspaper, uh, just saying, it was a quote from a journalist in Shrewsbury saying that Hurst had walked out and, um, you know, he wasn't sacked by Scunthorpe and he walked out. So obviously I reached out to, to Peter for some clarification on this and um, he confirmed that, you know, they were sacked and um, he's still been paying them off. So um that's that's just that's I, we just thought we'd kind of get that out there because i know obviously it was it was shared quite widely um by scunny fans and I, I think i shared it as well um and it was just a, a different kind of opinion really because obviously we were we were told that he'd been sacked and then obviously this article suggested that he'd walked out and, and he thought it was a bit of a circus what was happening behind the scenes um but yeah uh, peter swan has confirmed that you know they didn't walk out and they were both sacked so we're just yeah just some clarification yeah. And also that it's that quote was probably more likely from the journalist rather than uh, the Hurst and, and mm. was it Doig, wasn't it, as well? So I think that was in there as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I think it was just, you know, it was yeah, just poor journalism, really, by, by the sounds of things. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, obviously, we'll, we'll try and get Peter on in the next couple of weeks as well. And I'm sure he'll, he'll obviously clarify things and would like to obviously maybe discuss that in a little bit more detail. But, yeah, that's, that's the club stance that um, they were both sacked. Right. Okay. Let's go on to the game then, shall we? So obviously we were all on we were all on the the pre match podcast and the one that acted as the uh, the podcast for the last couple of games that we've played. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, where where do we even start with this one, really? Because we're saying it's you know it's big local derby. Obviously, it's slightly different this year because we ain't got the fans in, but it's you know it still means a lot to people. Um, we were still looking for a performance. We were off the back of the Barrow win, and you know obviously we just we just didn't get it. I mean. I think let's let's start with this. I think um, after the game, Neil Cox said in his interview that um, he didn't really want to put too much pressure on them. You know, from I guess psychological point of view, you know, we've had the win against Barrow. You don't want to be, you know, I guess, bigging them up for this game on Saturday. And he said he didn't do that until basically the morning of the game. And I can see both sides of this, really, because I, I completely get what he's saying, that you know you don't want too much pressure on them because that, that could have a, a, quite a negative impact. Also, you know, they're professional footballers. They know what they're doing. It, you shouldn't necessarily need a manager to get you up for a game, especially not a derby game like this. But after the performance we saw and after the, I guess, the way the players maybe approached the game, uh, which, and we can come on to this as well, which I actually think in many ways was worse than the one that we saw in March. It maybe should have been on them for, for the week. I don't, I don't know. What, what do you make of that? Do you know what? It's just been mentioned two, maybe three times, the words local derby. To me, a local derby is full of passion, commitment, will to win and determination. I didn't see any of that on the pitch on Saturday, not at all. I was absolutely embarrassed to look at those 11 idiots running around wearing that shirt. I was, I was angry. Yeah, the thing is as well, I think the, um, one of the most frustrating things is we've got a lot of people in the backroom staff that know how much this derby means to the fans Obviously, Cox, Lillis, uh, even you know Wilcox, Musselwhite, mm. Stanton. You know, you can you can reel them exactly. all off. Reel them off. They've all had, um, you know, may, maybe some experience playing in in these games, or they know the rivalry, they know what it means to the fans. And I just thought from the off, we were just. Well, I know we'll speak about the game in in more detail, but it was just awful. You know that there was no meaty challenges really. There were there was nothing for a derby, uh, and I know it's different because the fans aren't there, but. Both sides, really. I thought, I thought both sides were awful. Yeah. I think it was one of the worst derby games you'll, you'll ever see, really. Um, there was just nothing nothing in it. It was poor football, you know, poor. It, just poor. It was. There's, there's no other way to describe it, really. But, yeah, for me, I think whether the players understood kind of the, the magnitude of the game, 
I don't know. I don't think they did, to be honest, because if they did, you know, I mean, that's twice now in sort of six to eight months that we've been let down in a big game. Um, you know, we've not got a lot to look forward to really in terms of sort of promotion or anything like that. You know, we're still looking over our shoulder at the wrong end of the table. And I think these two games really against Grimsby are what everyone's kind of been looking forward to. There's not a lot else really um, in the short term, at least. So for them to put in a performance like that, um, yeah, it was just, it was so poor and um, just expected more. I mean, to not have a single shot on target um, again, you know, it's, it's not acceptable really. The only saving grace, we didn't have to go to Blunder Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I did see a tweet saying someone like, "If I was at this game, I wouldn't be at this game any longer." From about mm. you know seventy five minutes, I think that was yeah. quite good. Uh, we did actually have a comment you mentioned on the standard there, Matt. We had somebody send in saying, "Was that the worst derby, at least in terms of the standard that the football played?" You know, by both teams ever. And I think I think you're right there. I mean, it was it was it was bad to watch, but it was both sides, wasn't it? You know, it was. Mm. I mean, it was League Two quality, wasn't it? Definitely, um, it really was bad. I think we mentioned. You know what it, we were talking about there. What it what it means to team the players and you know people that have, have had experience of this games. I think the one exception to this, and we were going to bring him up later, but I think let's do it now. The one exception to this is probably Jordan Clark. Who I think for the most part had a pretty decent game, and actually, if you look at his interview afterwards, you can tell what you know what it meant to him because you know it's like you're saying he's been at this club a long time now. He's he's done a couple of these games, you know, and he was saying like he is a Scunthorpe player now. This is the club that he's most committed to and that this is now his local derby you know and you could tell that he was frustrated with the way it went as well it's yeah. just a shame everybody else didn't feel the same way that Jordan Clark felt then yeah. all right I can I, I, I take the point that Cox didn't want to be on him but Cox is a local boy he's a scunny boy he knows what it means to play Grimsby Town yeah he oh, oh sorry I'm just getting angry it well, it, it'll be different. It'll be different in uh, when do we play them next? It's not that long away, is it? I think it's. It, I can't remember when it is. It's in February, or March time. I think it's January. Is it January? Is it early? I thought they were yeah. quite quick succession. I, well, he, he said basically, didn't he? That um, that next time it's he will approach it differently, didn't he? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I, I'm sure when we spoke to Lawsy going back to last Christmas, I'm sure he was saying, you know, when when it is a derby game, that it does change. You know, before a game, you know. It, the way they approach it, he, he approached it differently and he tried to get them all up for it. And, you know, especially because we've seen some really lacklustre performances recently. I think I think we were on that spell where we kind of turned things around for a few weeks. But you look at the last three games, or the last couple of games before the Grimsby game, obviously Southend and, and Barrow. I know we got the win against Barrow, but it was it was really poor. And I think maybe they just needed Gene up a little bit more before, before the game. They shouldn't have to be, but um, yeah, I'm sure Cox will kind of, he probably approached things differently in January because I think they definitely need, um, you know, they need to know how, how much this means to the fans. Um, and they just can't put in another performance like they did at the weekend. It just wasn't good enough. You but feel think- like they will know it now. I mean, it, I mean, obviously you see the amount of tweets and comments and all the Facebook posts and things like that from, you know, from various fans and things. I think, they can't have not seen that. So you've got a feeling that they're, they're going to have to approach it differently in January. Well, yeah, I mean, the found the fixture, is, boys. It's the 23rd of January. Yeah, it's soon then. Yeah, it's not that far away. The thing is, I mean, some of the players as well, I mean, they get involved in on social media and, and they were all involved in kind of the build-up to it. Or there were certain mm. players involved in the build-up to it and tweeting and things like this. And then it's like, you know, do the talking on the pitch, not on not on social yeah. media. And I know, obviously, Kev, he, he's had a bit of banter with the Grimsby fans and he, he wasn't going to play. But there were other players as well kind of getting involved in that. And I just think, you know, yeah, let's let's stop talking on social media and, and deliver on the pitch because it's just not been good enough for the past few weeks. Um, and that was a chance, really. I know Derby games are obviously usually always a little bit cagey, and especially when there's kind of, so much at stake when you're both down at the bottom and, and the wrong end of the table. But um, yeah, it just, it just didn't yeah, feel you, like a derby. You expect at least one red card in a derby, don't you? Well, there should have been one, I think. We'll get yeah. on to that later on. Uh, you mentioned there that I think cagey is the right word. Uh, and I, I said before on, on the one before, I thought that was how it was going to go. But I think in the mm. first maybe 15 minutes, I think you really got an idea of you know where the game was heading because it was it was quite fast, I think, 
to start with. I think it died off, but there was just no real quality, you know. And I think Bishop said it on his on the commentary when he was basically saying that it's hard to explain what was happening because there's no real patterns to anything because nobody's got the ball for that long. But it's just there's no quality, and I, I think as we've already mentioned, you know, both teams were quite poor, and it was that really summed up the afternoon. I think that first sort of fifteen. It just, oh, it just, yeah, it just lacked everything that a derby stands for. I think early on, I mean, it was just, I don't think the the ball touched the pitch, did it? It was just kind of both defences hoofing it forward forward and and back and that was it and a bit of head tennis and it never really kind of settled down and no one got the foot on the ball and it was kind of... There was no quality, was there? Let's put it that no. way. From, from either side, there was no quality, no kind of um, real game plan, I don't think. It was just, yeah, hoof it. And, hoof uh, it. Hope that one of the strikers can, can do something, mm. uh, which just didn't happen. It was it was just, yeah, it was, it was a dreadful game to watch. <laughs> Um, and then obviously they get their goal. It's about twenty minutes, isn't it? And it's it's from a corner, which again frustrating because you know set pieces again, isn't it? And it's just sort of crossed in. It? It's just sort of bundled in, really, isn't it? I mean, there's there's not a lot of challenges. It's it's a bit of a mess in the box, and you know, yeah, they they get the goal, and I think in many ways that was that really, wasn't it? Yeah, but- I mean, it kind of went back to sort of just before that, before they won the corner. Um, and I think Hippolyte kind of, he got skinned, didn't he? Um, yeah. By, by the winger. And I think he, he probably came back to to that in a sense. You know, I think we could have stopped that earlier on. We could have prevented the corner. Uh, I think he, he, you know, he wasn't the only um, poor performance, but he looked out of his depth, you know, at left back. Um, I think at Barrow, against Barrow on the Tuesday night, um, you know, there were comments that he'd had a decent game. Uh, and that was maybe his best performance. It wasn't. It wasn't great by any strength, stretch. But I think, particularly in that second half against Barrow, they didn't really offer much threat, um, especially down his side. So he, he was able to get forward a little bit more. And I think that's that's maybe you know, where he feels a bit more comfortable. But um, I thought he was probably our worst player on the day. Um, and yeah, it all came back back to that moment. Really, I think we can do better with the defending from the corner. Um, this, again, there's the question marks over Howard. I'm not sure because I think it, it did come at him quite quick, uh, but maybe could have saved it. Uh, but I think even so, you know, the first ball into the box should be dealt with better. And I think that's kind of a, a theme in the last couple of games. We've really struggled to defend um, corners and free kicks into the box. Um, you know, I think it's been a theme all season, actually, considering we've got yeah. some big, big guys back there. I think we we do struggle to defend them. Uh, and I think if I was if I was Neil Cox, I'd be looking at that as an area you know we need to improve on because teams are going to work it out, and I think teams already have worked it out that if they get the ball into the box, um, dangerous balls into the box from from these kind of uh, scenarios, free kicks, corners on the edge of the box, or you know in and around there, then we're going to struggle to deal with it. And um, we've seen that last few weeks, and I think teams are just going to play on it and get that ball into a dangerous area. And I think we should be doing a lot better. So that's, that's one area we definitely need to look at moving forward because, um, you know, I think, I think teams are going to really try and capitalize on it. To be honest, I think it goes a little bit wider than that because I don't think it's just from corners. And actually I think Cox alluded to this in in his interview afterwards. I've, I've not listened back since Saturday, but I seem to remember him mentioning along this. I think teams are basically working us out now, aren't they? They know what's going to happen. They, they all target Issa. They know he's going to run down that outside, try and cut in. You know, like you say, you know what to do on a free kick. I think, you know, how, how, how do we adapt to that? Do we have to change what we're doing? Do we stick with it, you know, and just, I guess, hope for the best? Or, you know, because I do get the impression that, teams do now know what we're going to try and do and they know relatively easily how to get around that yeah I think with Issa they, they were definitely doubling up on him but again it, it comes down to the fact that we never really got him on the ball we never really gave him an opportunity to to run at them and, and try and create um he didn't have the best of games and again I think his, his delivery into the box when he was taking kind of free kicks corners, wasn't good enough. I think the one at the end kind of summed it up where we just needed a good ball into the box and, and I think it went out for a throw ball. Uh, but it was, yeah, it, again, teams are going to do that and we've got to try and find a way when teams kind of come and, and put two on Issa or two on Gilead or, or McAtee, um, we've got to find a way to try and break these teams down. And I think 
we're going to see that more and more. I think you're right. Teams have started to work us out. Teams are realising if you stop Easter, there's not much threat going forward. Um, and now I think one of the other issues on, on Saturday as well, we've, we've mentioned the long ball. We never really got Spence and, and Beeston into the game. I think the ball kind of were just passing it, passing them by over the heads, really. Um, and I think when you get those two on the ball, at least then they can start making the passes into Issa and, and into Gilead and, and McAtee. And I think there was a couple of times in the first half where, where those kind of three did link up and we had maybe... 10, 15 seconds where we kept the ball and actually just run two or three passes together. Uh, but nothing really ever came from that. And I just, I don't know, I think you look at Issa, I know he, he's got a bit of stick for the weekend and he's not been great, has he, to be honest. I think uh, he had a couple of decent games and then he's, he's kind of, um, yeah, he's, he's kind of gone downhill again. And whether that's because teams are, are kind of um, double marking him or whether you know he's maybe eyeing a move in January I think before the game he was he was talking about his contract situation he didn't seem very um, you know he was a bit non-committal wasn't he um, yeah. and it might be he's, he's got to move elsewhere and you know I think he, he does feel he can maybe test himself at a higher level and play at a higher level but I think with all of these there's all these players you know the, the They've got some quality on the day, but they've got to show it more often. I think you can you can kind of uh, say that about McAtee as well. But I did think taking McAtee off really just killed the game for yeah. us. I think that was one of the decisions I didn't really agree with, because even though he was having a fairly quiet game, we know that he can he can create or he can you know maybe uh, come up with a goal or a, or a pass and and we can we can score from it. And I just think yeah, once we went to it from. It just kind of it was even more long ball, wasn't it, to the to the two up front, and it just didn't work. And I think it kind of played into Grimsby's hands with Pollock, who I thought had a great game actually, the, the lad who scored the centre back. Um, but you know we never really tested him and got the ball kind of down and, and in behind him and made him actually turn and run. I think it was just kind of it was bread and butter for him, just heading it away and. There just needed to be a bit more, maybe a change in the game plan in that second half because it wasn't working. So, you know, why continue trying to do the same thing you've been doing for 45 minutes that didn't work? I, I think Cox maybe got it wrong in that second half and um, I'd like to see McAtee stay on just to see whether he could have created something. Well, I think you're right because, you know, if you think about the game as a whole, I can think of maybe, I don't know, two chances that you think, okay, we could have maybe scored from that. One is right at the end, which we will come on to. And the other one is not far after their goal. And it's from that free kick, isn't it? And you think, okay, well, we did this on Tuesday against Barrow. You know, there was a good delivery in. Obviously, Clark was at the back and put it in. And again, it's, it's, it is quite a good delivery. I think it is Issa, isn't it? And it's a good delivery in. And then Manny's through. He gets past his defence and it's just, he heads it wide. And it's such an opportunity. And I think, you, you must, I think you're right with McAtee because after that, we didn't really have anything else, I don't think. You know, as I say, there's this chance at the end, which we will come on to. But that was about it, wasn't it? That one free kick, that one header. And apart from that, we had nothing all game. But we talked in the podcast before the game about players taking the opportunity, stepping up to the plate and establishing themselves in the first eleven. And you're absolutely right. Nobody did that at all. We just did. There was no cohesion within the team. As we said, it's got the ball. Let's hoof it. I don't want it, was the impression I got. I don't know what to do with it. I don't want it. I'm not up for this. Yeah, I think with, with that chance as well, it, he had to score it, didn't he, Manny? And I think it, mm. it's... Yeah. Um, I don't want to criticise him because I think he's been really good. I think he's, he's probably been one of the better sign-ins in the summer. Um, I think he's looked strong defensively. But yeah, there's, there's been a couple of occasions where we've actually got a decent ball into the box from kind of these these areas. And I think he's, he's had, his, I know he scored a couple as well, don't get me wrong, I think he has he scored two. Um, but there's a yeah, few where he, he's kind of put put it wide. I seem to remember a couple of chances, pretty much carbon copies of, of that where um, he should have hit the target. So um, again, you know, that, that's probably one of the only dangerous balls in we've, we've had all day um, and yeah it's it's one of those you've just got to score um, and I think mm. once that didn't go in I know it's still sort of the first half and you've still got a chance to get back into the game but you never felt like we were going to um, I think they were quite happy to kind of just yeah defend and we didn't really give them anything to do did we that that was the most disappointing thing between that chance and obviously the one at the end when Jarvis goes through um, and, and probably should have had a shot. 
we did nothing else all game. And in the local derby, I mean, you've got to be trying to test the keeper. And the thing is, we, we know that Grimsby have had quite a lot of issues with goalkeepers in the last few weeks, chopping and changing. And I think both keepers have made big mistakes, but we never, we never tested them. We never had a shot. And that, for me, that, that's one area where you, you've got to look and say, you know, if I was Cox, I'd have been telling them to, to get the shots in and, and test them because, um, you know, they're both kind of, whichever keeper was in, they're both low on confidence because I think one's dropped one in against South End and, and the other one's been on the mm. bench for a few weeks because of mistakes he's made. And, you know, I know for a fact that when teams were coming here, not particularly with Howard, but, but you go back to obviously um, some of the other keepers. So Anik, when he was making mistakes and, mm. um, you know, Watson, when he was making mistakes, teams are peppering the goal, trying to force another mistake. And, you know, we didn't do that. Though. We just didn't yeah. do that at all. No, well, let's that's... face it, lads. We could have still been playing now, and I don't think we still would have found the back of the goal. But this has been a theme, hasn't it? I mean, we mentioned the Grimsby game in March, but actually, if you go back to the one last December, obviously, yeah, we've got this bit from Kev, haven't we? But apart from that, from us, from our point of view, yeah. it wasn't great, was it? No, no. Uh, and we we go back and we say yes, there are there are always or generally always cagey affairs. But I did see a comment and I can't remember who it was, but he was saying how many shots on target or shots in in the games against Grimsby the last three games, you could probably count them on one hand how many how many chances we've created. Um, and for me, that that's just not good enough. I think um, you know it's. Maybe get Andy on that because I think that'd be quite interesting. I'm sure he'd be able to find the data for that. So I might ask him about that actually, and then see see if he can get back to us. Andy, of course, being iron stats. So we'll see if that is something. Let's let's go on to the second half. I think um, you've mentioned it there. You took McAtee off. We went two up front. It was long balls. Um, it's Lofton Jarvis. I, I think we've, we've got to talk about this. We've had a lot of comments mm. in about well about Loft especially. Um, you know, basically, you know, why are we persisting with him? That sort of thing. Um, we we t- we chatted about it pretty much. We talked about him though, didn't we? We did. Um, but what do you make? Because it again, it, it was. Is it him? Is it how we were playing? Is it service? Is it all a bit of all of it? Because again, it wasn't. It wasn't a game for him either, was it? He, he didn't really show anything. I I just think it's everything that you've just said, Brad. It's 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 him. His own individual performance. It's the fact we're not creating anything. We're not getting anything coming from the middle and the boys allowing anything to be created. He just looks like a lost lamb in the wilderness. He doesn't seem to know what to do. Yeah, I think we kind of touched on it before the game. Um, the service to him has not been good enough at times. I think Saturday was probably an example of that as well. But even so, I think those long balls forward, he's got to try and do better. I think he's got to put them under a bit more pressure. You've think, got to try and make chances if you're not getting yeah. them, haven't you? Yeah, that, that's it. And I think there was one kind of moment in the second half when, when he actually chased down and he put, I think it was a strong challenge on, on the centre-back. And you need to see more from him. You need to see mm. that more often, you know. And I think there's, there's games where he has done it, where he's put himself about and he's made himself a nuisance. I think Port Vale, he, he, was, he was kind of a, a lost cause up there. You know, he, he wasn't really... Um, getting any support at all and I think that's been a bit of a theme this season so I, I can Cox obviously thought well, if he could get Jarvis on alongside him that might help in the second half but I don't think it, it did at all uh, but yeah I think we we've kind of we mentioned it I think he, he does some good stuff I think he um, you know there's flashes there that he can be a decent player but I think he's, his first touch is either great which we saw kind of early on in the season a couple of those games um, really good first touch, and then you know since then it's been it's been so poor, and it's always kind of his second touch is either a poor pass um, to to one of the teammates, and it's always a bit short or it's always over hit, and it's not not quite right, uh, or it's a tackle because he's he's lost it, and mm. his first touch has been mm. so bad. And I think I think we'll, again we'll speak to Andy about this, but I think uh, looking at the stats and pass completion, he's actually uh, in the lowest sort of well, he's definitely sort of nearly at the bottom of that list in terms of percentage. Of well, it must be pass Paul, it must be. Yeah, yeah and, and I think actually he's, he's kind of on par with goalkeepers, you know, yeah. in the start. <laughs> oh, you know, obviously a lot, a lot of their their kind of kicks downfield go to the opposition. So that kind of shows where he is and where he ranks. And I think he, he's got to do better than um, what he has been doing recently. We know, you know, there should be a player in there because he, he's got a bit of pace for a big man. Um, at times, his, his touch is, is okay. We've seen it 
I think it was one of the early games at Port Vale or, or uh, maybe the cup game against Port Vale and we all thought he had a great game and I think I, I came on after that and said you know he looks to have a good first touch and it, it just seems to have disappeared so but having said that again he, he scored a couple of good goals um, so again I don't think he's a lost cause but I think he does have to improve his game uh, but I do think as well the, one of the issues with, with Hippolyte playing at, at left-back, we don't get the balls into the box from O'Malley and I think he's looked dangerous at times mm. when we've got that good delivery and I think when you take O'Malley's delivery out, um, OK, Issa might put one in one in seven or eight, that's a good ball, but you know O'Malley, maybe 50-60% of the time it's going to be a decent delivery and it's going to be into a dangerous area and I think we did miss that and um, I think he, I saw a lot of people criticising Loft and he, he had a shocking game and he needed to do a lot more. But again, we've got to look at how we get the ball up to him and, and um, using him a little bit more effectively because just launching the ball forward to him, he's not a torpy. You know, he's not going to win every header. He's not going to... Um, he, he's got to do more. He's got to do more. But we've got to be a little bit more... We've got to improve how we get the ball up to him as well because I think... He can be effective at times. We've we've seen it, but you know, I think, I think Cox is getting a little bit frustrated with him as well because I think he realizes he's got the attributes, but maybe it's not all coming together for him at the minute. He's well, got to do more, as you say. But the thing is, if it's not getting the passes, he's got to go and find them, like I've just said before, mm. because that's what Kev does. If Kev's not getting it, he'll go and look for the ball and he'll try and make something of it. And if the answer's got to be that we've got to wait for Kev to come back. Well, bloody hell, it's going to be nearly Easter and the season's going to be almost over by that time. Well, actually, we had a comment in that. I think I think it sums up quite a lot of this. Um, and it said, if Cox knew it was not going to be an Easter game, and we've, we've touched on that, you know, teams are doubling up on him. I think Grimsby certainly did, didn't they? Um, mm. Then why not play O'Malley and let Hippolyte or Green loose on the wing? And, you know, we, we talked about this again pre-match and we've said that a lot yeah. already, but if O'Malley was fit, and listen, he might not, but we don't know. Uh, it might have just been a case of resting because he wasn't playing in the on the Tuesday game, was he? Mm. Um, but if he was fit, as Matt's just said, the delivery from him is a very valuable thing to have, you know, as part of the team. So you would yes. want him. And as we've already alluded to, left back or left wing back, it's really not Hippolyte's position, you know. And I mean, to be honest, I don't think him on the wing either is particularly be- no. great, but I think it's better than at left back. And I mean, it mentions there, I would I would have definitely had tried Green. I think I think Green's a great player. I think, you know, we should be using him a bit more. But do you think that would have opened it up a little bit? I mean, maybe in terms of Loft, but in terms of the game in general? Because, yeah, Issa didn't have a great game particularly, did he? You know, Hippolyte certainly didn't. Do you think if we'd have had O'Malley on and then either Hippolyte or Green in front of him as opposed to Easter, it might have been different? Or do you think that's just, I don't know, wishful thinking? I just think him, I think O'Malley is... As we've been saying, I think O'Malley is key to this because he gets the ball, he brings the ball forward, and he does start to create something. I don't know what the answer is with Hippolyte. I mean, we discussed it pre-Grimsby. We, you know, we don't know what kind of player he is. But to me, I don't, know, I don't know where his best position is or whether he's any good starting or whether he should be sat on the bench and coming on. I just don't know. But I think for me, the key is if O'Malley's there, then it just gives us a little bit more in the game. Yeah, I think he's he's the only one you can rely on for a decent yeah. move into the box um, at the moment from the players we've got available because I think, you know, we, we're lacking that real good delivery. And I think with, with Loft and even Jarvis to an extent, the big guys, and I think you get the ball into a dangerous area, then it's up to them to be attacking it and, and getting on the end of it. And, um, you know, at times that delivery is not there. So I think in terms of Green, I, I would have liked to see Green, actually. I know you mentioned him just there, Brad, um, just for his pace. And I don't think, again, when he's when he's been kind of introduced into games, we've not really played to his strengths. And although he's been on the wing, I'd like to see him actually getting behind and maybe some balls over the top because, you know, he, he has got a lot of pace. He can kind of um, we run can take and, a man, can't he? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think um, maybe instead of Jarvis, if you were going to take McAtee off, I'd like to see a bit of pace injected into it and, and maybe just trying something a little bit different because the Grimsby defence weren't very quick. You know, they could defend and they could defend balls into the box and balls over the top into the air. But if we got the ball in behind, I think we'd have had a good chance, especially with someone like Green with his pace, of actually creating something. Um, so I would like to see a, a bit more of him. But again, 
we've kind of got to find his best position because whether he's an, an out-and-out winger, I'm not sure. I think when he came on, was it the Barrow game? I, think mm. maybe, I don't know if it was the Barrow. Or maybe it was the Bolton game when he played the Bolton game. And he wasn't great um, on the wing. I know he was up against kind of an experienced sort of uh, fullback, but we've got to find the best position for quite a few of these players. And I think that's that's the issue. And I think I'd like to see a bit more of Taylor. Um, yeah. I think he... You know, he's obviously a good player. He scored a lot of goals in this league for Port Vale last year. Um, so how can we utilise him? How can we get some goals out of him? And, and he looks to be, or last season he proved he's a creative player. He can create, he's, he had quite a lot of assists, scored maybe double figures in goals. We need to be trying to involve in these players. I know he's had a few weeks off with, with the COVID a few, a few weeks ago and things like that. But um, yeah, I think we, we've kind of, I don't think Cox knows really his best best system and I think when games aren't working and, and we're struggling to break teams down and we need to change it he doesn't always get it right and I think again he didn't bring enough subs on I think he, he's got five subs now he could have changed it a lot more and I, I don't think he did that so um, yeah I think it's the other thing with Hippolyte I think I, for me I mean we, we spoke before the game um I wanted to give him kind of the benefit of the doubt from Barrow game. Um, but I've not seen enough prior to that to kind of convince me that he's, he's any good at this level. I think I felt a little bit embarrassed for him actually on, on Saturday. I, I just thought his touch was awful. I think it wasn't just the, the second half when he ran the ball out of play. I think he did that two or three times um, and his control kind of let him down and, and he's tried to control and he's gone out for a throw or a corner. I think there was one that went out for a corner. And for me, that's just not good enough for a, for a professional footballer. Um, he's he's not showing anything and it just looks like an awful signing, doesn't it? And I did a little bit of research on, on the back of that because when we spoke to Peter Swan in the summer, um, he was talking about how the club are going to be using agents and contacts within the game to, to help sign players. And, and that's why one of the reasons Turnbull was leaving. And I know, obviously, Will's come in now, so maybe there's a bit of a shift and, and that's going to be, um, you know, we need clarification on that and, and how that's going to work and whether the club are going to be dealing directly with a number of agents. Um, but you look at kind of um, Hippolyte and his agent, you do a bit of research into his agent, and there's a couple of players, well, there's three players. So there's Vincent, there's Churan, and then there's Hippolyte that are from the same agent. And then you go back a little bit further and El Manny's come in as well from the same agent. And I think in the summary, judging by what I can find and, and the information I can find, he's got five players um, that he's fixed up with clubs and three of them have come to us. Um, and yeah, I think I th the guy, the agency, it's asked Codders. Um, and I think I tweeted you know, a little, little joke that hopefully we don't ask him for any more players, you know. Um, but it's, it's, we need clarification on this because hopefully with with Will coming in, there's going to be, the club are going to do a little bit more research into players and we're not just accepting players from agents and agencies and, and agencies that saying, oh, I've got three players for you sort of thing because, okay, we've, we've maybe hit the jackpot with um, Onorise. I think he's been good, but you look at some of the others, um, those three, especially I mentioned there, I know Vincent, we've not seen a lot of him because of their injuries, but the others just aren't good enough and they're just not getting any game time. And you go back to El Mani when he came in, didn't really kick a ball, did he? I think he, he maybe played sort of a half um, for the first team. And, and again, Chiran, he's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, so, yeah, we need to kind of look at how we're signing these players and not just kind of take any old player that, that we're offered because clearly some of them aren't good enough. Well, that's the that's the worrying thing for me now. You, you just alluded, Matt, to... We need to be finding the right position for some of these players. It's almost bloody new year, for God's sake. We're almost into January and we're still saying that Cox doesn't know the best position some of these players could be playing in. And if he's going to go into January and have a look at the window and see what's out there, maybe there's a few more of these clown agents out there that are going to desperately be wanting to get rid of players and we're going to end up with another load of numpties. It just worries me. Yeah, that's it. I think there's the definitely, and I hope now Will comes in. I know there's obviously been criticism aimed at the club for bringing Will in. Um, we've already mentioned that Cox sounded fairly happy, or he wanted him into the club, and and obviously credited him with with getting Beast in and, and O'Malley over the line and, and those deals done. Um, so you know, if if that's the case, that's great. Uh, but yeah, I just hope that we're not kind of 
yeah, just just taking anything that's that we're offered, and there's actually some kind of um, plan in place to to kind of identify these players because the thing is, let's be honest, there's probably four or five that came in in the summer that aren't really up to the task um, or they've not been given a chance. So if they've not been given a chance, Cox obviously doesn't believe they're up to it or they're not showing enough in training. So there's got to be a bit of a... We can't just keep signing all these players because obviously money's tight. Um, we've got a big squad as it is. I think players are going to have to go out to then bring players in. So, you know, we can't afford to be making any bad signings in January. They've got all got to improve the squad. And I think in, in the summer we may be kind of bloated that squad with, with players that weren't good enough or players that might come good, but you know it's going to be a few years down the line. Um, and yeah, we just can't afford that in January because let's be honest, we're still down at the wrong end of the table. Another couple of defeats and we drag right back into that again um, down, you know, South End are picking up now. Yeah, and I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were kind of hoping that they'd be the mm. team that down, you know, <laughs> they looked down and out, didn't they? And, and they've it's not yeah. looking that way though, is it? No, no exactly. And I think not looking that way at all. And with Grimsby, if they, you know, they're obviously going to get a new manager yeah. in pretty soon, they could have a turnaround. Exactly. Um, and we've got, we've got Stevenage coming up as well, which, yeah. you know, that's got to be a massive six pointer as far as we're concerned. It has to be. The worry for me is we're coming to January. We've got a lot, we've got a massive lack of firepower at that end of the pitch. And, what I don't want to see is desperate signings. We've got to get it right because for so many times now, so many windows, we've just got it wrong. Let's go back to the game, I think, then. And Neil, you mentioned earlier on that, you know, it's a local derby. There's normally some challenges flying about. You expect to see a card or two. Well, I think we probably should have had one. I thought Clark was a bit lucky first time I saw it. Since I've seen it back, I, I definitely <laughs> think he was. It's, it's just it a complete a shoulder bash. It is it a red, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a red without a shadow of a doubt. I remember that guy that was going to come on, that Conhead fan that was going to come on the pitch when Kev did the knee slide. If he'd have been there, he'd have been on the pitch and he'd have been decking Clark. <laughs> I think we, that yeah. was that was a that was a red every day. Of the yeah. Week. Well, I think the thing is, it came down to Clark being frustrated. I think because there was a couple of occasions in the second half when he came out with the ball and carried it out, and he was looking for an outlet. He was looking for someone to pass it to, and they just weren't there. And I think. He was, as, as we've said earlier on, I think he was the only one that comes out of that with any credit. Um, and yes, you know, was it was it a bit of a silly thing to do? He, he could have been sent off. It could have been a three-match ban quite quite easily. Mm. I think he went in with a challenge maybe 10 seconds before. It was, it was a bit, not reckless, but I think it was a, a real tough challenge. And I think that's what we wanted to see more of. Um, but I think he nearly got sucked into the trap that uh, Levi Sutton did in March, where he obviously mm. was frustrated, obviously meant a lot to him, um, the game. And I think maybe just got the better of him in, in that split second. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he it, it got away with it. Um, it looked worse. Yeah, as, as you say, you watch it back and it, it looks even worse. And I think if you, <laughs> you watch it in slow motion, it's it's awful, really. Um, it is but, a red, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah def- definitely. It's a red. Definitely, and he was he, he got away with it. Really, he got away with the the challenge. It was the meaty challenge, and then that one. Yeah, he, he should have walked for it. But you know, it was nice to see that he actually cares. And I hope. But it was a meaty challenge in a yeah. derby. That's exactly. what you want. And and that was the only one really from either side I can remember where you know someone actually got stuck in. And I think um, it did sound after the game like he was hurting. And I think there was a couple of other people you listen to Cox I think the list had a go I think he actually um after the game he, he told them what he thought um and said it wasn't good enough and kind of explained what this this derby means so the only the only good thing that may come of it is that in three or four weeks that we're a little bit more prepared and you know they know now what it means to the fans and they know that that performance isn't good enough because you know we've all had a joke about sort of Holloway leaving and you know what's going on at Grimsby at the minute and you know, it does sound like they're they're a bit of a shambles off the pitch, um, but you know that's the second time in six, seven months that Holloway's got the better of us, and and he's kind of going out on on that win, and um, it's just disappointing really because we never turned up for it, and I think that's um, that's that's the worst thing really. I think if we turned up and, and maybe they nicked it, and it was a kind of a full blooded derby, everyone kind of throwing themselves into challenges and, and we had some chances and it just didn't quite happen, then I think you can accept it. But to go down um, without a shot on target and, 
yeah, no, no real effort, no real fight, then I think that's that's just not acceptable. You just hope that they then use this as as a positive, if you like, going into the game next month, um, because I think obviously fans aren't going to be there, but um, you know, it's, it'll have it'll have added spice for me if Paul Hurst is sat in the current dugout. Yeah, it? could happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, we we just yeah. can't replicate that performance. I know we've got no. some games between now and then that obviously. Um, going into the game at, at the weekend, uh, Boxing Day, Mansfield. I mean, that's that's a huge game. That's a six-pointer. Massive. Massive. Um, and there's a few, like you say, Neil, there's a few coming up that Stevenage and, and a few... Stevenage. Well, even Walsall. Walsall. Yeah, yeah, Walsall, Stevenage. Exactly. You know, they're big games that are coming up. So, it's not sounding dramatic. They are must-win games for this football club. Mm-hmm. They have we'll, to be, because we're too close to the bottom of Division 2. We can come on to those games in just a second. There's just one last bit in the game that I want to just have a chat about. Uh, and it's right at the end. And I mentioned, obviously, we had the free kick earlier on. This was the moment where, actually, I thought we might have just nicked a draw here. Because when it did go through, I thought, hang on, yeah, this might be it. And there's a ball in over the top. And I, I, forgive me, I don't know who it was from. I think it was maybe Spence or Beeson. I think it was one of the two. Um, over the top, Jarvis gets it. He's through, you know, the, he's... he's over the top of this defender and then he sort of plays it across and it's the wrong ball and it's slightly behind and we can't really get the shot away and you know Cox said afterwards it's like it, that's just a little bit of knowledge really there it's like just have a go and it, it comes back to what you said earlier on Matt you know it's just like like you say the keepers they're not in form for Grimsby you know you're in the box you're not quite through but basically through just and at that point in the game have a shot yeah, I think that mm. maybe comes back to a little bit of a lack of confidence again. I mean, that, that ball he tried to play, it was just never never an, an option really, was it? I mean, it was always going to be difficult to kind of thread that through there. And yeah, just have a shot, you you clean through really. I know that obviously the, the defender's kind of trying to close you down and um, it's maybe not the best angle, but you've got to have a shot. It's the last minute of the game or last few minutes of the game. Um, and I've been joking, you know, Jarvis going to get a goal. The last few games, I've been joking on Twitter that he'll, he'll come on and score, and um, he should have done really. I should have at least had had a shot on target, um, and he just picked the wrong pass. And I think again, he's not the only one, but we've been doing that a little bit too often, really. We've been kind of there's been players having shots. I'm thinking McAtee in, in recent games where he should maybe. Um, let Issa in, and I think in the South End game there was a couple of occasions. I think we've just got to make the right decisions at the right times, and that's just not happening at the moment. And I think it's desperate, Matt. It's just yeah. desperate. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, it's just a confidence thing. And, and if we can get a couple of wins together, things might start kind of turning around for us again. I think the most disappointing thing for me is the last three performances after kind of an upturning result an upturn in performances and we felt like there was a bit of confidence coming back. Uh, even the Colchester game, although we lost, we played them off the pitch and that was, we had so many shots. To go from that, you know, 20 odd shots on goal to three games where we, we maybe, I don't know, did we did we have more than a couple of shots on target mm. in, in in those games, sorry, mm. together. Um, you know, I just don't know, how, don't know what's happened to, to cause that really. Um so yeah, it's kind of back to the drawing board a little bit, I think, because what's happened in the in the past few weeks has definitely set us back. I think we were all hoping that we'd maybe turn the corner, but I think, um, yeah, not not quite. I don't think at the moment. And I think I've said it before, though. Back to the drawing board at the turn of the year, it's not a good time to be going no. back to the drawing board. Um, and like I say, obviously we've got a couple of games coming up over this week. It's a Mansfield Boxing Day, which is the early kickoff. Don't forget, one o'clock, don't get caught out. Um, and then it's, I think it's, is it Walsall after that? And then yeah. is it Stevenage it's just Stevenage. after New Year? Yeah. yeah. So as we said, you know, three pretty big games. How do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I mean, you look at those games, Mansfield, obviously they had a, a slight bounce when Clough went in and then they've, they've been poor for the last few um, you know that's a must-win at home. I think we, we've got to get the points there because I think they're are they just just behind us, maybe three points behind not us. Far behind. Yeah, not far. But yeah, again, far they'd behind. probably go level on points with us there. Uh, Walsall are doing well, so you know uh, I think they've won. I don't know, maybe three or four on the bounce now. Mm. So that's going to be really tough. They uh, were, I think they were. Were they two 0 down to Port Vale recently, and then they turned it around? And I think they won three or four two. Pulled yeah. it back, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think because we've obviously drop points against South End where we'd have expected or would have hoped that we'd have would have at least nicked a point there or won the game, considering their form going into it. Um, and our form, you'd have, you'd have expected us to maybe uh, get the win there. 
because we've dropped points against them, we've obviously lost to Grimsby. Yeah, you're looking at it and there's a few teams down there that are picking up the points again, like Bradford. They seem to have had a couple of decent results um, since um, McCall's been sacked. Well, that's the worrying thing again. As soon as we played Stephen, each Bradford's the next game. Yeah. And yeah, they'll, they have, they'll have a new manager by then. Fast. Yeah, they're coming thick and fast and we've got to start getting a result. All I will accept now in the next two or three games is six points out of nine. As a, as a bare minimum. It's all yeah. right playing nice, tasty football yeah, and absolutely battering the opposition. But if you're not coming away with three points, what have you gained from it? At this part of the season, you can't afford to be doing that. Yeah, and it's, we've got to beat the teams around us. So Let's play ugly and get three points. Let's not play fancy damn football and hope to get a win. Let's just play ugly shit football, but make sure we get a result at the end of it. Right, I think we'll probably start to leave it there because we did have quite a lot of comments sent in, but I think we've covered the majority of it within the within the discussion. I would say quite a big week coming up. Um, now, what we'll probably do is, I imagine we'll group a couple of those games together on the next podcast. We might get one in before New Year, but I'm not 100% sure on that. If not, it will be just after New Year. Um, there will be a stats episode coming pretty soon. Uh, but if we if this is our last one for the year, uh, have a good Christmas. Stay safe. Thank you very much for listening and thank you for supporting throughout the year, throughout all the in conversations in lockdown, everything like that. Um, we will be back next year to finish the season, obviously. But like I say, thank you for listening to this. Thank you for the continued support. And we'll see you on the next one. At Tiger Self Storage, we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements. We care about our clients, and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients. Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.